If only I had a crystal ball and I could tell you what interest rates are going to do by the end of the year. I don't. And I'm actually not a mortgage professional. I'm a realtor. So I have one of the awesome professionals with me here today. Jennifer Butcher is going to talk about all the things like, what does it look like to be a renter versus a buyer? What happens in an election year? And what are interest rates really going to do this year in 2024? Let's dive in. You're listening to the Girl Get Your Face Off a Bus Bench podcast, where we invite you to check your ego at the app, grab a cup of coffee, and get ready to dive into all things real estate marketing, social media, friendship, hardship, love, money mindset, and all the things that celebrate you as a badass boss babe. We're here to encourage you, show up for you, give you a loving kick in the pants when you need it most, and be your soft place to land on the hardest of days. So pull up a seat at our table and get ready to be inspired and start living your best life by design. Welcome to the Girl Get Your Face Off a Bus Bench podcast. We are so excited you're here. Okay, girls, let's dive in. Okay, Bus Bench Babes, I have a special treat for you today. I am interviewing Jen Butcher. She is a mortgage expert with Go Mortgage here in the Twin Cities. And we're going to talk all about interest rates. Low interest rates might not be, everybody wants to have them, but maybe having the lowest interest rates isn't the end-all be-all thing that you really think that it is. So we're going to talk about all the things. Let's dive in. So welcome to the show, Jen. So excited to have you here today. Yay. Thank you for having me. This is awesome. It's going to be fun. It's super fun. And so Jen and I met like a lifetime ago. So way back. <laughs> way back. So I, I've talked about this periodically, but I used to be in the mortgage business. So I worked for my family's mortgage company. And then after I needed a change, then I became a lender rep. So I worked for a bank and I called on mortgage brokers. And Jen was one of the brokers that I called on. Yes. And then, you know, the whole world imploded with, you know, 07, 08. I got out of the business. You stayed in the business. And then when I got back into real estate, I just discovered you on Instagram and I'm like, right. oh my God, here she is. I'm like, I know this pretty face from like a lifetime ago. And right. so now we've reconnected and we've worked together on deals and it's like, we just picked right up right where we left off. So fun. It's so, so fun. fun. Yeah. Well, Jen, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So um, I am a mortgage expert for Go Mortgage. I've actually been with the company for, I just celebrated 22 years. So that's Amazing. a little bit unheard of in this, um, in this industry. Uh, my husband, Dave, and I work together. We run our branch and we have two kiddos, 12 and 14. And so when I'm not crunching numbers and being a numbers nerd, I am on a lacrosse field or an ice rink watching hockey or doing something kid related. I love it. I love it. Or nursing a sick kitty cat. Oh, I have animals, you guys. I love animals. And yes, I've had a sick kitty and it was very dramatic, but he's doing well. So we're hopefully on the mend. His face is just so sweet. I just want to squish him. He's Mufasa. He is a double polydactyl. He has six front toes. So he fits the lion kind of name that that he was given. So yeah, he's so cute. I'm glad he's on the mend. Thank you. Me too. (laughs) Well, okay. So let's just dive into our conversation. Let's talk a little bit about like the history of interest rates. Like you've been at this a long time. You are for sure the expert here. Like, let's just talk about historically, what have we seen with interest rates? 
Yeah, historically, I mean, you you go back to like the 80s, for example, right? And it's interesting because now as interest rates in the last couple of years have gone up, it's like, I think a lot of people forget what interest rates used to be, mm-hmm. right? I mean, 80s, they were in the teens. You've talked to people who have 15, 16 plus percent interest rates. Um, and then the 90s, they kind of came back down and were maybe between like mid sixes or so up to like 9% during that time frame. And then you have like the 2000s up till before the crash when they came a little bit lower. Um, And then, you know, I I think overall, and I, I was just recently talking to you on average, I think where we're at right now is a pretty decent average of average to me too. Yeah. 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 Sixes. So high. I'm like, right. I mean, doesn't feel that high to me. No, not it. No, it's not. High. It's it's not that high. And I think people they want to have their cake and eat it too, right? They want right. the really really low interest, insane low interest rates of the twos and threes that we were seeing. But on the flip side of that, what happened? It drove it great. A lot of people bought houses. It drove housing prices up. So a lot of people mm-hmm. built wealth. But on the other hand, they it put affordability out of the, put so many people out of the market because of the affordability issue. So it's, you know, it's, you can't have both worlds. Low interest rates are great, but it will drive prices up and then it makes it, you know, unaffordable for a lot of people. So I think I like where we're at. I know that it may be an uncommon opinion, but (laughs) I actually kind of really like where we're at right now. Hashtag Jen's unpopular opinion. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Don't hate me. Don't hate me. <laughs> well, let's talk. Let's talk to that buyer specifically. That's listening to this show. That's sitting on the fence, just mm-hmm. like waiting. Like, is the sky going to fall? Are interest rates going to plummet? Like, there, there is some uncertainty out there. Yeah. And some people are feeling more certain about moving forward, and other people are just like, no, this feels real comfortable just to sit on the fence. Yeah. So th- I love that point because, on the one hand, we say to people. Um, you know, interest rate interest rates are very much expected to come down, right? So, and and I know we'll get we'll get more into what I think later in the show, mm-hmm. um, but interest rates in the course of the next couple of years are expected to come down. So there are people like why why would I buy now? Why don't I wait? Well, because as interest rates come down, there are you times you know millions of other people that are mm-hmm. waiting on the fence to buy. So as those rates come down, a lot of those people are going to jump back in the market, and then we're going to find ourselves back in a very competitive market um, with low inventory up against. We're seeing it already, really, in this market, really? multiple offers yeah. and that type of thing. Um, however, again, I'm not always the most popular opinion, but I don't want people to have that scare factor of like I have to buy now. Do I think the opportunity right now is really great to buy a home before it really gets to be a crazy market? Yes. And are you going to get the house probably a little bit cheaper? Yes. But it also has to be the right time for you. Mm-hmm. Right? you want to be house poor. You have to be ready. I just saw an awesome analogy video of someone who said, if I told you, that um, I, you know, you were going to give me, let's say 3%, you were going to give me some money. And then I was going to give you that amount of money back every year for like the rest of your life. Would you accept that deal? Who wouldn't, right? Right. That's really what owning real estate is. I loved the analogy. It is a good analogy. You can buy a house with as little as 3% down on a conventional loan. So let's say three, three and a half percent down or so. And 
on average, a poem appreciation is more than that, five plus. Yeah, that 3% is really conservative. At 3%, you're getting that money back every year and then compounding as that home appreciates. So is it a safe investment? Absolutely. Should you stay on the fence because you're scared of what the housing market is going to do? Absolutely not. You know what I mean? I think you're not going to go wrong by buying, but it also has to be the right time for you. And, you know, I don't ever want people to feel pressured that they had to buy a house. Just go through the steps, know your numbers, know your budget, know that you're buying something within your budget and then Mm -hmm. take the right steps to get there. I like that owning real estate is they call it like a forced savings plan. Yes. That money is just accumulating Mm -hmm. every month. It's not like you're really going to do anything with it. You know, immediately, maybe down the road, you would tap into it for whatever. But it's just money that just sits there and compounds and compounds. And I love it. But yeah, we're 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 going pretty hard on social with the BPR experience and saying, okay, yes, here's our professional opinion. But if this doesn't align with where you're feeling of buying right now, then it's not it's not the right time for you. And I'm not going to make that decision for you. This is about you feeling comfortable, not about me needing a paycheck. Yep, absolutely. I just don't, I just don't believe in operating my business like that. And I know there are a lot of people that are doing it like that, but I'm like, it needs to feel good for you or you're, you're always going to associate like feeling backed into a corner with me or your lender or whoever you worked with. And I'm like, I don't, I don't want that stigma attached to my name whatsoever. Mm -hmm. No, no. And also like you have to, everybody's situation is, is different, right? If you have a job that is going to require you to possibly move around a lot in the next five years, it might not be the right thing for you. You could, you could rent it out. There's opportunity there, but you don't have to, right? If Mm -hmm. you, um, if you've actually been out and you're looking and you feel forced and you just can't find that right thing, like maybe step back and wait a little bit. I think inventory Mm -hmm. is going to start to to come up here soon. Mm-hmm. So there might be a better opportunity, you know, as more homes come onto the market. So yeah, you're right. If, if the time is right, great. It's a great opportunity. You're not going to lose money. You know, I think you're going to, it's a perfect time to build some wealth and get going there. But if it's not the right time, it's not the right time. Yeah. Well, and let's talk about like when we see super low interest rates, the mm-hmm. thing, like when I'm talking to people, I'm like, keep in mind when we've had super low interest rates, it's because we've had world catastrophes. Yes. And I feel like we don't want that either. But then right. how do you like have a conversation with someone that's sitting with like a really low interest rate in a house that they hate and yet they're paying 30% more for groceries right now? Like everything else in our world right now, it costs exponentially more money than it did three years ago. Yes, I agree. Um, you know, it, again, in that situation, everybody is different. But like you said, I've talked to a lot of people who are sitting on really low interest rates, but their credit card debt is through the roof and they're yeah. paying 30% rates on their credit card. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. well, actually, if you were to either refinance and take a higher rate on the house and get eliminate that, or if you need a better house, bigger house, whatever the situation might be, let it's okay to let go. Let go of that low rate, mm-hmm. sell the house, take that that equity that you have, start over, get debt free, pay that debt off Mm -hmm. and then get into a home that makes more sense for you. That's okay too. And I think as we see rates kind of, I think the shock of it, right? Like last year, what October rates, um, I mean, even initially when they were running in the fives and then the sixes and they were climbing, it was like people in the threes and fours were like, oh my gosh, this is the end of the world. Yeah, I hated it too. They kind of peaked in the eights and people were like, it was a standstill and now they've covered back down into the sixes and it's like, okay, this feels okay. Yeah. So I think as they continue to trend that way, 
people in the twos and the threes are going to are going to be more willing to let go of those super low mm-hmm. rates and make that because they've held out for so long, right? Mm-hmm. And make that move to kind of the normal rate situation anyways. And hopefully that will create a little bit more inventory too. I know. That's what I mean. It's, it's so shocking to see how many buyers I have on searches. And it's like a couple of years ago, I feel like we would have had more options. <laughs> They're like, why is there only one house on my list? I'm like, because there's only one house that fits your criteria right now. Yes. Yeah. That's, it's kind of scary. So yeah. I'm hoping that, you know, eventually we're going to see some more stuff hit in the market just mm-hmm. to give buyers some more options. And then I think that also helps encourage people to make moves because otherwise they're just kind of yeah. like sitting there spinning like, it doesn't, they're like, there's nothing to incentivize them to move. Right. Yep, exactly. Okay, let's talk about renters. That's always like the, yeah. it's always like the sore subject. But like, yeah. I, I hate to see renters like sitting on the sidelines just renting indefinitely. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you could have been in a house five years ago. Like, what are you waiting yeah. for? What do yeah. you see on your end? And what do those conversations look like when you're, um, having a consultation with a client that's a kind of a perpetual renter. Yeah, I think <clears throat> I think I think looking at the numbers is incredibly eye-opening for renters. I don't think they realize how much money they're actually throwing away mm-hmm. and the opportunity they're missing out on until someone actually sits down with them and shows them a rent to own comparison. Because you're not just talking about the amount of rent that you're paying, right? You're talking about on a mortgage, yes, you're paying a little bit of interest, but you're paying that loan down, you're building equity in that home. You know, there's there's such an opportunity to make more money and build wealth that way. I was just reading an article. Do you know? I wonder if I should have you guess. I wonder if you know what okay. is the net what I'm gonna ask you the question. What is the net worth from a, a of a homeowner compared to a renter? Oh my gosh. I feel like I've seen these numbers, but I they are not ones that I know off the top of my head, but it's pretty staggering, isn't it? Homeowners are 40 times wealthier, 40 times wealthier than renters. They just did, they updated this. And I think I was, I wrote it down because I was like, I know I'm talking about homeowners on average have wealth of $396,200 versus renters at $10,400. So when I talk to a renter and I'm like, okay, let's, let's talk about your situation now. And let's just go out only three years from now. Right. And if you're renting, you know, you're paying $2,000 a month in rent or whatnot in three years, that's how much money is just going to be gone. You've given it to Mm -hmm. your landlord. It hasn't gone anywhere. And that's probably actually goes up in three years at $2,000. And if if you're owning a home and you're putting that money toward a mortgage payment and that house is appreciating, I mean, even at a super conservative 3% interest rate, three years from now you've built, and I've done this and shown people like, okay, let's just say it's, $36,000 in equity. It's probably more than that, but $36,000 in equity. Is there any other way you're going to stick $36,000 extra in your bank account in the next three years? No, probably not. And so I think when people see the numbers, it actually sinks in. When they, when they hear it or people talk about it, they're like, oh, I don't get it. But when we show gr- like charts and actually show them the numbers there, it's like the aha, you see the light bulb go on, right? Like, oh, now I get it. Mm-hmm. And then they're more likely to um, be eager to make that move. I have some clients, they just, they really got stressed out. Like they were getting married and trying to buy a house, like all in the same summer, it's two mm-hmm. summers ago. 
and I'm just like, nothing was perfect. You know, I'm like your first house. It was really hard for me to convey to them that their first house is not the dream house. Mm -hmm. It's leverage. It's a stepping, it's like, we're on a Stairmaster here and you're trying to get to the top. And that just really, I don't know, either that just wasn't landing with them or I wasn't conveying that well enough. And then Mm -hmm. they ended up signing a three-year lease. They're like, we're just going to stay put for three years. And I'm like, oh my gosh, how much wealth would you have accumulated for your young family in three years? Like a lot. Yeah. And I think that's the hard conversation that we have as agents and on the lending side have to have with people sometimes. I remember at first, I, I actually just helped a divorcee. She's recently divorced. She was kind of used to, you know, the budget way up here and had this beautiful home. And now she has, she wants to buy a home of her own. It's going to be less expensive. Right. Um, and when we went through the numbers, it even got less expensive based off of the payment that Mm -hmm. she wants. And she was like, I don't know, maybe I'll just rent. And I'm like, wait a minute, time out. This is just chapter one. You know what I mean? This is think of this as chapter one post-divorce. This is you getting your feet on the ground, getting back at it. Go, you know what I mean? Buy a fun little house. And think of it as more of like a second job almost. Like you're going to buy this this smaller house. You're going to live there. You're going to build some equity. And then in a few years, then you can go and you can either take that equity and buy the bigger home or you'll have a little bit better grounding and you can make that a rental property. And now you're an investor, Mm -hmm. you know? And so like you could Mm -hmm. just see her eyes open to like, okay, okay, I like where you're going with this. And she was just ready to throw in the towel. And how many people do that and nobody really opens their eyes to, wait a minute, I know you can't get what you want right now, but it's okay to scale back a little bit and yeah. just get get in the game, right? Get in the yeah. game because it's not going to be any easier three years from now or five years from now. It's no. just going to be more expensive. No, that's what I always say. Well, and this is like totally segue. I love having conversations with single women and just saying like, don't sit on the sidelines waiting for like mm-hmm. Prince Charming to show up to for, in order for you to buy a house. Right. Like, you can do this on your own. You Absolutely. have an education. You are determined. You've got a great job. Like, come on, be a boss babe that you are and like buy real yep. estate yourself. So that's a total Absolutely. side tangent. But I love having that conversation with single girls and sitting at the closing with like a single girl that's done it on her own or someone that's fresh off a divorce or buying a house after a spouse died and like a woman is doing it on her own. I feel like that that's one of the most empowering things I think you can do for yourself. And I think it brings a lot of clarity. We had a client recently that closed. It was one of the, every closing is memorable, but some of them just stand out. And the joy on her face when she was like, I can see my future now. It was just so blocked. And I everybody telling her she can't do this and she can't do that. And like, she bought that home and now she can see she she's in an area she can see herself retiring she has yeah. places in the house her grandkids can play and you know what i mean yeah. it was just so eye-opening and such a hurdle for her to get over and once she was yeah. over it was like she could see clearly she was like i get it and it's that's awesome and well and it's it, rewarding for you and i too you're like absolutely. yes like this is why we do what we do this is why we yes. grind weekends yes. and nights and you know to see her smiling face to face you know like her yes. smile like it, ear to ear it was really yeah that was a that was a really feel good closing that was my last yeah. closing of 2023 and i'm like yep. well this is a pretty damn awesome way to finish out 2023 <laughs> yeah. i'm so here for this Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know who else I like? I, I, I do. I love helping the young buyers and it, yes. it's like 
the teacher I wanted to be when I was younger with the handholding, the educating, but yeah. I've got some awesome young buyers that, and investors, like, because they're, their minds are open to possibility mm -hmm. and you know what I mean? You can kind of explain to them really how you can build wealth through real estate and investing. And yeah, I've got some super fun house hackers right now that are, are doing just that. They bought a fourplex. Now they're each onto their own duplex and it's like, they're killing it. So how old were they when they got started? They were like, in their mid twenties when they bought that fourplex. Gosh, it's so smart. Mm-hmm. It's so smart. I'm waiting to hear on a purchase agreement today for a couple that are 21 and 22 nice. for buying a single family house on almost nearly an acre. I'm like, wow, oh, I'm praying to God that they get that one because it's going to be such a win. And, you know, their parents are some of my friends mm -hmm. and it's truly going to like set them up for generational wealth. Yep. It's such a jump start. It's like a catapult, yeah. right? To like right. go from here and now you're now you're right here. Yeah, because they're not going to make that kind of wealth from their jobs. It's just no. not going to happen. So no. real estate's going to be that tool that's going to leverage to get them into a big acreage property at some point. Yes. But yeah, Absolutely. I'm so excited. I Yeah, I love, it's really rewarding. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love doing million dollar deals too, but sometimes right. the two and $300,000 deals are the ones that sort of like fill your emotional cup at the end of the day. You're like, yay, we did it. Yes, absolutely. Well, and we get asked the question, like, how do I build wealth or how to, you know what I yeah. mean? Like I, I'm on a fixed income or I'm going to be at this job with this salary for so long, how I can't possibly ever be what all these other people are. And it's like, wait a minute, I'm reading Candy Valentino's book, um, Wealth Habits right now. And she talks a lot about like multiple streams of income and mm -hmm. her favorite extra stream of income is real estate. And she preaches awesome. about it. Like if you can get some real estate working for you, it takes very minimal man hours to, to do it. And once you can own it, you own it. And it's just, it's like a little side money maker that you really don't have to do much for, with. So it's so smart. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Well, let's shift gears a little bit and talk about we're in election year here in 2024. Yes. Um, I heard Glenda Baker said this earlier this year. She said, she said, I think that the the window of opportunity for real estate in 2024 will be like from January until the end of August. And she okay. said, and then a lot of times in the fall, uncertainty kicks in and people aren't sure who's going to get in office. And then it just sort of, I don't know, gives people panic. And like, what do like, what have you seen? You've been in this a long time. Like what are, what's yeah. like historically a trend? Yeah. And I was just, I was actually looking at some graphs and history stuff. And I think, Typically, people will say that during election years, interest rates come down and housing goes up. Um, and I think over the last couple of decades that they actually have data on this, I think it averages out to slightly maybe that that way. But there yeah. are absolutely election years where interest rates went up and housing went down. And do you know yeah. what I mean? So again, yeah. like they say this is what it is, but I think it's just an average of, of everything. So I don't. I think there are so many other factors that go into what's happening in the market. I don't think the election actually is what drives the interest rates in the housing market. I don't. Okay. Um, yes, consumer confidence has a, a lot to do with it. I think we saw here back a couple months ago as interest rates, you know, they were climbing and then they just kind of took a dip. And mm -hmm. that's because there was a lot of talk of the feds actually lowering interest rates in March. And although that's not a direct tie to mortgage rates, they'll t trend in the right, in the mm -hmm. same direction. Right. So, 
Um, the, the market's almost reacting to things. It reacts to things like before it ever even happened. So mm -hmm. the, there was that talk and interest rates dropped. And then now we're seeing um, the GDP report just came out quite a bit higher than expected with just the gross domestic product. So it's, you know, there's like that little bit of fear. Inflation is going to drive, I think, more of this than anything. Like if yeah. we can keep inflation under control, like, yeah, they might drop rates. I'm not expecting it in March. Personally, I don't think that's necessarily going to happen. Um, but as the election approaches, I think it's going to be more I think it's going to be more rate driven. Like where's, where are the interest rates mm -hmm. based off what's actually happening in the economy and the market? Not necessarily who's looking like they're going to win for president, for president. Right. Right. Um, I don't think they're going to drop as fast. The interest rates are going to drop as fast as people initially thought they would in 2023. I saw okay. our 2024. I think there was a lot of optimism I'm seeing like five. There's a lot of hype like, oh, we're going to oh, make yeah. six rate drops. And yeah. then all of a sudden, aren't they saying more like maybe four prime drops? Like, Yeah. And, and like for mortgage rates, I think there was a lot of like hope of like fives and maybe even fours again. Mm -hmm. I don't, again, negative Jen. I don't mean to be negative, but I don't think that should happen. I think, you know, we're kind of where we're at and, and, um, you know, lack of affordability because of that situation. So I think that a gradual decline in interest rates hovering and ending in like the low sixes, fives is like perfect. I think it's perfect. Yeah. It increases affordability. It's not going to make the market too crazy where we're mm -hmm. in, you know, hundred different offers and homes going over 50,000 over lists. Um, so I think sixes through most of the year and maybe teetering down a little bit toward the end of the year and that the election toward the end might sway a little bit one way or the other, but I don't think it's going to have a huge impact. Okay. I like it. Well, you heard it here from yeah. Jen, the professional. I think inflation, like where inflation is, is a bigger factor, right? Like, yeah. again, I, I can't, it's depressing every time I check out at the grocery store still. I'm like, oh my God, I can't imagine when you have two teenagers. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So um, I think that is going to be a bigger driver of like what people feel like they can afford is, you know, where their pocketbooks are. Yeah, I, I would say I'm not a person that is like, I go to this gas station because it's cheaper. But then every once in a while, I'll be like, wow, that bag of groceries feels like it really costs a lot of money. And then I'm like, then I'll look at a receipt. And I'm like, holy cow, like what is actually happening right now? Yeah, my husband's the shopper. He'll go to three different stores to get the deal. I'm like, he's like, do you even look? And I'm like, I, I'm busy. I'm like, I, not necessary. Yeah, no, we need milk. I'm not going to go to eat what I need first. and I check out and I go about my day. And yeah. that's why he's like, that's why I do. He does a lot of the shopping. <laughs> Keeps us Mark on board doing that at my house. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> probably not, but maybe. You have to accept that you'll probably end up with a lot more junk food in the house than I care for, but you know, it's you pick your poison. Little. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, anything else any of the buyers out there need to know, like what any other things that we haven't talked about that would be really important for a buyer to hear in 2024? 
I just think that if you're considering buying a home or you have a current house, maybe at a low interest rate and you're not sure what that move would look like, um, reach out. I'm always happy to do consults. I'd rather have somebody consult with me six months, a year before they're going to make a move and mm -hmm. put them on the, the right plan and have a strategy behind it than mm -hmm. have it be like last minute and then they feel like they're rushed through something. So we've got great calculators. We can do estimators. We can, you know, know your numbers. Don't go into it ignorant or like, thinking just know know your but we have budget worksheets it's amazing mm -hmm. how much people learn when they actually sit down and do a, one of my budget worksheets they're like geez i didn't realize i was spending that much money over here or over here you know so yeah. you know know your numbers and put a strategy in place and even if you think you can't buy a house you'd be surprised um what you can accomplish with a little bit of a plan in place yeah, I love I always say that too. like, I'd rather have a conversation with you two years ahead of time. So we could mm -hmm. really get a good plan in place for you than scrambling last minute, you and I can scramble like it's nobody's business. But yeah. if given a choice, I'd rather have a little bit of runway to make sure we have the right strategy in place. Yeah, absolutely. And those dreamers who want second homes or rental properties, there's it's still a great market for investors right now, especially in the multifamily realm. So yeah, now I think it's a great opportunity to look into that if, if that's always been a little bit on your radar. That's awesome. I love it. Well, Jen, tell everybody where they can find you. Yes, you can find me on Instagram at Jennifer Butcher Mortgage is the best place. I check it regularly. So if you have a question, shoot me a DM and I will be sure to get back to you. Well, and you'd put out, Jen puts out really fabulous educational videos. So if you want to know more and maybe you just want to like voyeur on the scene before you reach out to her, find her on Insta. You're going to be super encouraged and you're going to learn a lot from her videos. Thank you. Sure. You're so good on this. You're, you're so good on the gram. <laughs> I love to educate people. I do. I just love to share and, and share true facts and what's really going on in the market instead of, you yeah. know, some of the, the false stuff that you're hearing in the news. So you're absolutely wired for it. And it really yeah. shows in how you take care of clients. I love that. That's why we're having you. you on today. Thank you. I appreciate it. This was so fun. And it's always great talking with you. We could talk for hours. So. I know, right? <laughs> well, until next time, Bus Bench Babes, keep your face off a of Bus Bench and keep being the badass boss babes that you are. Okay, girls, are you feeling as inspired as we are? We're over here cheering you on because you just finished another episode of the Girl Get Your Face Off a of Bus Bench podcast. If you want more, head over to girlgetyourfaceoffabusbench.com for show notes and more episodes. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star review. They mean the world to us and they're what keep us going. Girl, thanks for being here. 